This episode brought to you by Crazy Tom's Beard Oil. With so many trendy hipsters with beards, it's getting harder and harder for a hobo like yourself to show people that you're not to be fucked with. Well, with Crazy Tom's Beard Oil, you can keep your beard as disheveled as a 17th century sailor's taint. When people see your beard with Crazy Tom's Beard Oil, they'll cross to the other side of the street before they can even hear you talk about the voices. That's Crazy Tom's Beard Oil, available wherever two-buck chuck is sold. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on scare-no-nos. New theatrical releases get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day! Sorry. I'm David Day. Who are you again? Okay, David Day. David Day. Not to be mistaken for... Um, Little Play, or Big Say, or David Gay. Professor David Day. Adjunct, I should say adjunct professor David Day. Because you work professionally outside of the university in Scare No-Nos. Right, yeah. I have, I'd like to, um, I'd like to showcase a little bit of my super sexy voice. All right, uh, this is uncomfortable. Oh. So, thank you for listening in to Horror Movie Talk. If you're a first-time listener, just want to tell you a couple things to get you integrated into the cult of Horror Movie Talk. Go to our website at horrormovietalk.com. There's three words in there that are very easy to remember because you like horror movies and we're talking about it. And there you'll find links to all our social media. We're on pretty much everything i mean we're even on tiktok and we yeah. have no business being on tiktok no i mean well <laughs> as voyeurs maybe. i mean <laughs> uh, god we, damn look at those hot children <laughs> i would really prefer what i've what i've learned from tiktok what i've learned what that social media is mainly for is for theater kids that are underage marching in place <laughs> that's accurate that's, <laughs> that's pretty uh, sorry a very attractive underage theater kids marching in place that's like 90 percent of tiktok right but i mean you're like you're like some some kind of like golden god if you're like older than 20 and <laughs> and also very attractive yeah it's like a meme to be even in your 30s if you're in your 30s on tiktok they'll call you a boomer yeah, oh, it's yeah. just anyway. So check <laughs> that out off the rails. Um, God damn those hot children. We post every <laughs> we post every Wednesday um, in the morning. So subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear. And also, whether you like it or not, please leave us a rating on iTunes if you use an iPhone. And if you have any friends or relatives or a stranger on the street that has left their phone unattended. Open up their Apple Podcasts and leave us a star rating because you don't even have to write a review. Just yeah, a star rating is you know, what we want. Bryce, I've been thinking about it. We really need to start appealing to uh, listeners who run a back alley phone resale racket. Yes. Like a, <laughs> like a, like a pickpocketing racket. So like, you know, like around the Eiffel Tower, there's, there's just people who are just going to swipe your phone constantly. If we could get in touch with those people 
and just maybe sort of set up some sort of some sort of amiable thing that they give us reviews and we give them I don't know shekels. What are they looking for anyway? Yeah, yeah. francs. <laughs> All right, <laughs> little miniature Eiffel towers to sell. All right, another this madness. We've got a great show today. <laughs> this is what happens when two men are left in al- alone in a room for too long together. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about The Lighthouse. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the film. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge, where it makes you angry that you just watched it, 5 being a perfectly average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. I mean, you all know what 1 through 10 mean. Yeah. After we give our score, we go into a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film and talk about spoilers. And then later on, we will be doing a couple bits. Number one, perennial favorite, taglines, where we come up with alternate taglines for the film. And then, drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to announce the winner of our pumpkin carving contest. Our super, super popular pumpkin carving contest. Actually, it turned out to be, like, there was a lot of last minute under the wire uh, submissions. Yeah, it was good. It was like the last day people were like... Fuck this shit! I'm in. Like, yeah, yeah. And actually, I'm gonna. I'm leaving this. I'm leaving it on. I haven't turned it off. So, if within the next twenty minutes, Ooh. as we're recording, not that anyone knows that we are, Ooh. if someone submits, we'll we'll include them. And in. I mean, it's not so popular that we can't review every single pumpkin was on like, air. What was it? What was it like ten or eleven pumpkins? Something like that. There was nine. Nine pumpkins. Nine pumpkins. But some really. Impressive. Yeah, they range the gamut from total, absolute, abject shit (laughs) to the most amazing pumpkins I've ever seen. So within nine is apparently that's that's the amount you need. Right. To that is a decent sample size (laughs) to get a winner. Right. So again, we went to the lighthouse, and it was a descent into madness. Truly a descent into madness. Yeah. Here is the trailer. Tell me, what's a timberman want with being a wiki? Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just spill your beans? Why just spill your beans?
that foghorn sounds like a kaiju. A what? Like a Godzilla-type monster. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. You know, just before we go on, I am going to have to apologize for my voice. I uh, I'm, I am ill. No, it sounds great. Oh, baby. It sounds rough and hey, baby. tumble. Mm. Rough and or tumble. Tell us about The Lighthouse, Bryce. The Lighthouse is in theaters right now. I'm pretty excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, this this one is a very interesting movie to talk about. Yeah. Um, It's very specifically that. Yeah. Like, that's what this movie it was is, made for. It is definitely a film student film. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, film student in that film students for a long time are going to be talking about this oh. film. Oh, my God. There's just going to be so many wet panties in that. So, in a sophomore film, Robert Eggers follows up The Witch with a rom-com set in Nova Scotia. <laughs> William Defoe plays an experienced sailor, and Robert Pattinson plays his young, supple protege. In this... <laughs> Will they, won't they, rom- romantic drama. They fight happiness every step of the way until it finally wears them down. <laughs> it finally wears them down. I uh, almost spat out my teeth. <laughs> Actually, the lighthouse is about two lighthouse keepers, or wikis, that are stationed in a remote lighthouse in New England. Willem Dafoe plays Thomas Wake, an elderly salty seaman, and Robert Pattinson plays Ephraim Winslow, a young man trying out a new career. As Wake domineers over Winslow, forcing him to do all the hard labor of upkeep for the tattered lighthouse, he spends the coveted watch at night basking naked in the warm glow of the lamp. Literally, uh, yeah, basking naked. Yeah. That's, don't worry about it. Winslow wants some of that sweet naked basking action, <laughs> and he slowly descends into madness. <laughs> so I'm glad you had fun with this. Yeah, if you're going into this film expecting another The Witch, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, But disappointed that it's not... The same type of film as right. The Witch. It's, this but is you're, not you won't necessarily be disappointed in the film. <laughs> no. But if it's it's a particular type of film, and it's going to turn off a lot of people for yeah. a lot of reasons. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. And, <clears throat> you know, I said to you yesterday, and this holds true, is... Man, you got to, like, before we record, you just got to, like, scream and lose your voice, because you sound just really oh, just, radio just right now. Beautiful. Yeah, Um. so... I I was disappointed that this movie wasn't what I wanted it to be, which right. was another like slow build tension horror movie. It's not that it's not a horror movie. It's and it does just, have slow build tension. It does have a lot of tension, but it's a different kind. Right. And it's about a different, a totally different, the, the, the build is into madness instead of into terror. Right. Which is a, a, a terror in and of itself a little bit, but it is kind of specific. Right. And and it's a great movie. It's just not the same movie at all. Right. This is a much more surreal and confusing film than The Witch. However, what this movie does share with Eggers' first film is a meticulous, historically accurate film with a unique and striking visual style. Yeah. Uh, while, I, while I might not have loved this film as much as I thought I would, I can't help but have respect for Eggers' ambitious artistic vision. Um, and then the other main thing is Pattinson and Defoe are amazing. I they can't, are, I cannot, I cannot believe 
how good Pattinson is. Yeah, they it was first of all, it's perfect casting for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Defoe Defoe is obviously like so perfect for at at this point he's like a a perfectly ripe fruit. He's he's just got he's just got it down for acting. Yeah. <laughs> but Pattinson blew me away. Like I was like, "Oh, the guy from fucking Twilight." Okay. Yeah, all right. Let's. Yeah. But in particular, I mean, William Defoe, Willem Defoe is a fantastic actor and he can he can be great in anything. But in particular, this type of role, oh yeah, he is so good at. I believe he's that guy. Yeah, um, they both give amazing performances. There are some really great scenes and monologues in here. General audiences are probably going to be turned off by a lot of the choices that are made in terms of narrative, <clears throat> in terms of narrative and visual style. But film students will be creaming over this movie for years to come. Yeah. I mean, it is just yeah. fascinating. And, I mean, that's what the takeaway from listening to Ari Aster and, and Robert Eggers in that A24 podcast yeah. episode. They are both huge film nerds. Like, yeah. You just can. real, like, deep dives into history of filmmaking and, you know, lenses I mean, and Eggers, shots and stuff. So it, it comes out in, in this movie. You can really tell in this movie, almost to the point where it's a little bit like, yeah, okay, guy. Like, you're going to shoot in one, one. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's a, a little, that's a little so, fu- that shooting it in a one, one ratio makes it almost like on the surface douchey. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be very easy, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people in our horror or just general, again, general audiences are going to yeah. look at this and be like, well, this guy is a huge, pretentious douchebag. Right, yeah. Like, this is just... But also... This if, is insulting if, to my sensibilities. <laughs> if, he is, if he is that, he's way better at it than anybody else. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so kind of shut up. Yeah, so, I mean, it's still a, a great movie. Mm-hmm. Is this a horror movie? Kind of. It has enough horror elements to qualify. um, It's way more of a horror movie than Happy Death Day to You. Oh, my God. Uh, But most of the focus is on the tension between the two main characters and the mental instability caused by seclusion and alcoholism. That being said, there are definitely some Lovecraftian and folkloric horror elements in here. So I kind of struggled with a score for this because I can recognize that it is a great, great film. But also, it's not completely for me. Right. I was, there was some really great moments that I really enjoyed, but I don't know if I'm going to be revisiting this film very much. And I know I laughed several parts and winced like it was very effective. Oh, yeah. And really beautiful. Um, But I can't give it a 10 out of 10 like I did The Witch. I think The Witch is just a perfect movie. And this one, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just, it's so subjective. It's a preference thing, but I give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, so I, I too have been thinking about this score, <coughs> excuse me, for a while now. And, uh, and I seem to be hovering around a 7 to a 9. And I know what you're talking about. Like, with The Witch, um, there's nothing, there's no fat on the bone at all. It's all... It's all very well laid out. It's all very intentional. Yeah. But the problem is the subject matter of this is losing your mind. Right. (laughs) And so it has, and so there is a lot of 
nefarious, weird, extraneous baloney. Right. That adds to that in ways that, oh, well, that could have been cut out. But could it? Right. Like, okay, well, now I get to see Willem Dafoe kind of humping his bed in, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, uh, hey, this isn't the spoiler a section. Peeping, in a peeping Tom sort of way. <laughs> Is that necessary? Well, no, but also yes, because, like, this is about two men going mad together. Right. And, uh, and so I think, I think in, if you ask me in eight months, the same way, if you ask me in eight months about, uh, the house that Jack built, mm-hmm. I think I'll like this movie a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. And so, because, because my expectations will have been tempered and I won't, I won't expect a, another witch. I will have gone, oh, that's a movie about losing your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect at that. Yeah. And so I I don't know. I think I'd, I think I fall between an eight and a nine, something like that. Yeah. I'm not crazy ecstatic about it. Yeah. And that's a taste thing. But it's a, it's a great movie. So you got to choose. Is it eight or nine? That's, I mean... Right now, as as it as it stands, I I'd say it's a high eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, I I originally was gonna give it a seven, and then I stood back and I was like, no, it's too good to be a seven. It is. It really is. the The quality of the of the craft is so impressive. The acting alone makes is so is so great yeah. that that it has for me. It's just like, oh my god, like it was so it's so brilliant watching. The chemistry between Defoe and Pattinson, like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, enchanting. Yeah, it was, it was, it's, and it'll stick with you in a yeah. weird sort of salty breeze kind of way. Yeah. So that's our score. Before we get into spoilers, let's talk about some business items. This is what we call our mid-roll section. Uh, please check out our Patreon. If you're a long-time listener or if you're starting to get into the show and like it, uh, support us directly by going to our Patreon. You'll get access to special patron bonus content. We got things as simple as just having access to our upcoming calendar and as wonderful as getting early access to episodes and exclusive access to our AfterPod podcast where we just leave the mics running after the episode and you get to hear us shoot the shit about other stuff that's not necessarily related to horror movies. Um, you can also support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on Amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website. That website is horrormovietalk.com and also check out our resident artist Dustin Gobel he is a professional artist who fucks hard (laughs) so check out uh, the Stranger Things art book he was featured in Visions from the Upside Down Uh, it's pretty legit hardbound over 200 artists fan works officially licensed by Netflix he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans um, check him out on Instagram. It's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. And make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. He is really great, and he's very generous with his talent to the podcast. Yeah. The, the last four episodes yeah. have featured artwork by him, and it's just fantastic. And this one um, has a great 
uh, cover art for it. So check, go to horrormovietalk.com or any of our social media. And also, Shudder. If you haven't already signed up for Shudder from Halloween, um, you still have a chance to use HMT at checkout to get a 30-day free trial for Shudder. Shudder is a horror movie and television streaming service akin to Netflix, but has great curated horror content. You probably know what Shudder is if you're listening to us right now. Let me just say, you need Shudder for Halloween. You just do. And with 30 days free, that'll get you over into in a fucking Thanksgiving at this point. Right. So sign up for Shudder using HMT at checkout, and uh, you'll help us out, and you'll get to stream tons of free horror. Yep. Uh, and, then, and then if you want to sign up after that, it's super cheap. It's like three or four bucks a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, thanks for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers? Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Okay, so this is a movie that you don't necessarily have to talk about all the beats of it, of the film, because... I still don't really know what went on through a lot of it. There's a couple things to hit in terms of plot, but really I wanted to talk about it would some be, of the... It would the, be annoying in the extreme to hit it beat by beat. Yeah. <clears throat> so just want to talk about some of the elements that stood out and that were really great and unique about this film. Um, first of all, the visual style is really striking right off the bat it hits you really hard it hits you they start out on a ship in the fog and it's just this gray screen with this haunting like he like he said like kaiju-esque um moaning foghorn in the distance that's just that kind of shakes the whole theater yeah well that would be sound um but we're talking about visual style oh my apologies (laughs) sorry put you on blast um so first thing that you notice (laughs) is uh the aspect ratio is 1.19 by one which is basically square yeah it it looks like an instagram frame and it's one of those things that and it's in black and white so black and white square aspect ratio and even i knowing Eggers and that this is going to be a super artistic film. And I think I've even heard that the aspect ratio is going to be that. But even I was expecting after the intro to be like, and now it widens out into widescreen. It's like, no, no, you, the full time is that aspect ratio, super confined and claustrophobic, which actually works really good for the subject matter. Yeah. And the, and there are not a lot of, (laughs) Anytime you're with a person in this movie, you're close to them. It, the framing is close. Right. It's lots of close-ups. Yeah. And, the fr- I mean, putting it in that aspect ratio is really interesting in terms of the balance of the con- – like the framing of it, <clears throat> of the shots. I don't know. It's it, it just has a real unique style and it's really evocative, um, showing stuff in such an equal framing. You know, the – the one thing that does bother me about like mo- modern movie trends is this is and it's inescapable at this point it seems like because even the lighthouse is is doing it which is 
these cut, these jump cut edits where you just cut back and forth between two people talking mm-hmm. instead of having a full frame of them talking. And I understand the, the reasoning behind it in this movie, but in movies like Transformers or something like that, or just any blockbuster movie where you constantly have to be looking directly at the face of the person who is talking to the other person who then it jumps to. And it, it, it cuts up the movie in this weird, like if you go back and watch Hitchcock or if you go back and watch, you know, movies from, from the forties or fifties that you get these long panning shots that are, that are granted, they're probably much, uh, much harder to capture in terms of acting because you can't just have a take. You have to have people act against each other uh-huh. very, very, um, in a very convincing way. And it doesn't lend itself to the cutting room floor very well. But I would like to see a movie that doesn't, that has these long panning shots. Yeah. It feels like older movies definitely use the two and three shot a lot more yeah. and, and put, put people in the, you know, uh, what would he call that? They stage it right. a, a lot better to, but it's also the films of, of those older generations are also much more closely related to stage. And so they're used to blocking yeah. for stage to where, you know, people are framed a certain, or they're, they're facing a certain way it's to a, where it's all very convenient to see them at the same spot. Right. It, and, but it's, but for the viewer, it's a continuity thing. It, yeah. It's a little bit disorienting. It's, I didn't notice that in this, in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of jump cuts and stuff that, that are a little jarring on purpose, but I didn't notice specifically that. Um, I mean, it's something that I watch for just because my uncle will, will literally not watch anything. Oh past a certain year because he's like it's too he notes that he's he's basically it's just just too jarring for me and i don't i don't appreciate the craft as much as i do and so now i have an eye out for it and uh that's interesting and he's right you know it is it is choppy but anyway so the the look of this film is also affected by the technology used they used some really, really old technology, older lenses, older cameras, really film nerdy stuff, older film stock. The the film stock was, I, I'm not a nerd enough to actually say what the film they used was, but what I did find out about it is that it requires really high exposure. Like you have to, it said something like they had to light it like 20 times brighter than normal to wow. get stuff visual, you know? So apparently, even though this film feels really dark, really dark and through a lot of it, apparently like the, 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 the uh, crew would have to wear like sunglasses a lot of the time wow. because it was so brightly lit. That's crazy. Um, and this all gives the effect that this film is plucked out of time. Yeah, it's there. There's a shot early on of Defoe and Pattinson basically looking in the frame as they're approaching the lighthouse or they're no, they're looking at the at the boat sail away. Yeah. In the beginning. And it literally looks like an old west photo or like a World War One documentary shot of just like, okay, guys, stand here. I just want to, I just want to get a shot of you. And it looks like two grizzled war veterans that are like, why do I got to stand here and do this shit? Like I got, I got to feed them hogs. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like it's the, 
So, I mean, there's a lot of that element that all this visual style really evokes. Yeah, and, and as in right following that, as the boat, as they are watching the boat slip away into the fog, it feels like a miniature. Uh-huh. It feels like they're using a miniature boat, they, mm-hmm. and they may be, because it slips off into, like, this, what feels like a miniature set. Yeah, and mist. It kind of just disappears into the mist. Um Okay, let's now let's talk about the sound design of the movie, which is also fantastic. Um like you said, what were you what were you going to say about the foghorn? Oh, it was just it w- it w- was rattling and it was, you know, it was um <laughs> Okay, so if you're going to if you're going to live on top of a foghorn <laughs> and there's fog around, <laughs> it's going to be pervasive to the extreme. I mean, the sound is just going to be all encompassing. And it felt that way in the theater. It felt, it felt like, uh, oppressive. It was this honk. Yeah. It was like a war siren kind yeah. of. Yeah. And it, uh, and it was loud and deep and long and it didn't stop. It felt, it felt a little, Tetsuo the Iron Man e at the start of this movie when he's like in the uh in the coal room, you know, um Yeah. And and there was all this machinery around him. And uh-huh. It felt very claustrophobic and, and loud. Yeah. So the that sound they used recordings of period accurate fog horns. Apparently the sound designer on this film went to this guy on YouTube that makes YouTube videos of, of maintaining foghorns oh, and course. teaching about period foghorns. I think I've actually seen some of the videos, which are really soothing. Like you, it just shows him, yeah. like oiling and maintaining these old foghorns, and you see it winding up and slowly, like the machinery is like ticking away, and then it slowly winds up. You know, it's wow. really cool. Anyway, so they, he took the, like the period accurate foghorn sounds and they manipulated them to be more ominous, memorable, and unique to the film. It really is a unique sound and very like menacing. Yeah. And the, and the sound of the ocean and the weather is always in the background. Yeah. And always, always kind of washing over you. And the music is there, but it's pretty sparse. It doesn't get in the way. Um, Eggers talked about just what he wanted with the film. He didn't want a lot of strings. He didn't want a lot of, um, you know, orchestration. So a lot of winds. Um, mentioned like aleatoric music, which is kind of random chance music. Chanting? No, chance. What's chance? Like... Roll of the dice, chance. I don't. I still don't know what you're talking about. Probability. Oh, chance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. I thought you were saying C H A N T S. No. And like explaining that dice were an instrument. I was like, no. Bryce, are you insane? <laughs> um. The production design. Same. Same with uh his previous movie, The Witch, is. Really impressive. Yeah. Just period accurate. They look fantastic. They built an actual life-sized working lighthouse 
from scratch what? in Nova Scotia. Are you serious? Yeah. So they didn't they didn't build all the interiors and stuff, but the the exterior was all built up uh, life size. But it is working because they had a period appropriate lighthouse lens created <laughs> for the film. It's like. Wow, that's really cool. And when Robert Eggers talks about the budget, he's like, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a moderate budget, but I can't even, sometimes I'm just have to stand back and realize, man, filmmaking is really expensive. Can you imagine just going to a period lighthouse lens creator and being like, I, this is the specific, um, dimensions and this is what we're going for. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll... that guy goes home to his wife and he's like, so it'll never pay off. (laughs) Well, guess what happened today? (laughs) A film studio approached me and asked me to, to craft them a half million dollar lighthouse deal. (laughs) So yeah, they really built it. You know, it was built out of like plywood and, and apparently like some kind of printed tarp or whatever, but it looked great. Apparently the, um, the town in Nova Scotia that could see the lighthouse really wanted to keep it because it looked so cool, but it was going to fall apart anyway. So they had to tear it down. Wow. So, That's crazy. Yeah. And then the, the interiors though were shot on a soundstage. A lot of the weather was just practical. Like, oh. I mean, not not practical. It was like literally that was the weather that while was the they were shooting. Um, I think some of the more oh. extreme ones, like when the wind and rain blows through the wall, you know, and yeah. like basically destroys the room. That's probably done on a soundstage. Ah. But the exteriors, I don't think they had to pump in rain. That was really happening. The ocean, I'm sure they were able to just shoot the ocean. Aye, she's a harsh mistress. Uh, so it's, it just looks real great. Feels There's a lot of care and attention given to the look of this film. And also, speaking of period appropriate, like all the dialogue, just like oh. The Witch, was taken from period sources, um, taken from Melville and um, who was the other author? another like sailor author and then like a i think a non-fiction or, or someone like t- taking interviews from sailors back then and so there's a lot of words that you're not used to like wiki it would <laughs> and, it, it would definitely help um this movie i think if particularly if defoe was subtitled yeah cuz he I mean, he goes hard on yeah. on being like accurate, and it, I mean, he he accomplishes like you know that old Irishman sound where you're just like, "What the fuck did you say?" And, just, <laughs> and you're like, "Fra and he's like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, God damn, I can't understand a fucking word that you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's not so bad that you won't completely understand them. And a lot of that old sailor talk, like you've seen from, you know, parodies of sailors from from that time. Um, But definitely a lot of words that you're not used to and, and a lot of phrases that feel very, you know, real to the time period. So the acting... 
is the standout part. I mean, yeah. th- that's that's the one thing. Like the look and the production and the sound are all amazing, but all of that is completely eclipsed by the performances of Defoe and Pattinson. Yeah, it's uh, man, Defoe has. I mean, he. Okay, so obviously Defoe is one of those guys who every time you see him, you go, "That's Willem Defoe." At this point, um, kind of like right. Steve Buscemi or or and his Brad voice Pitt. is really distinctive, and his voice is really like he's distinctive. he's got he's able to have a lot of different colors in his voice, but definitely like the low growl is like his his yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, and know? and so with that being said, it's as a super recognizable actor, I am that makes your job a lot harder. In my opinion, because now you got to fade into into your character and it's it's all it's made all the more difficult by the fact that everybody knows what you looked and sound like. And they go, that's who you are. But uh, but he did it, man. He disappeared into this role. He is in this. He's a stinky, old, <laughs> salty bastard who is just uh, uh, his only love is the sea. And, um, man, just a, just a fabulous performance. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic. And you would expect like, okay, this is perfect for Willem Dafoe and yeah. he's going to just rock it. And then you would kind of expect like, I mean, I haven't seen Robert Pattinson on a lot of movies. No. I know he's, um, a better actor than the Twilight series would give you the impression of. Yeah. But he, was really amazing like crushed it yeah. like really he is the he is leading the movie yeah with with his performance a lot of range he's starts out the film as a really quiet spoken character and really elicits a lot of empathy from the viewer you're like oh man this poor guy like it's <laughs> has to deal with this old crusty sailor and it's kind of unjust and you're really like getting behind him yeah. you're like yeah, this, yeah i'm like i'm on board with uh, with um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Win- Winslow. Elias. Is it Elias? No. Uh, uh, El Elm. Elm. Ephraim. Ephraim. Ephraim Winslow. Elm. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and then he just slowly kind of kind of loses you. Devolves <laughs> like, into devolves into like to where it's like, well, wait a minute. He's kind of he's kind of being selfish, or he's kind of being childish. About this, maybe he's not as mature. Yeah, you know. Oh, he's a person now. And yeah. then, and then it goes into like, oh, well, that's oh, this this guy is making some real bad choices. Yeah, and uh, it goes real hard into the paint. Yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> he devolves into a flawed person. Uh, yeah, instead of you know basically a uh, a a beating bo- a whipping boy. Yeah, lots of moments in between between. Uh, being a really empathetic character and and protagonist to like, oh, this guy is the villain. Kind of, yeah, yeah. But is he like that's the that's the coolest part of this movie is is the movie is essentially gaslighting the audience, right? Um, the whole time, and I love it. I love that. Yeah. It, it and it it does it it manages to to mess with you the whole way through, and make you question everything that's going on. Yeah, and it's not see it's not as obvious as a movie like Memento, or right, or um, what's the other one that this movie is a lot like? Um, what's that Leo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese, oh, Shutter Island, Shutter Island, yeah, um, 
like there are more obvious ways to like right. to trick the viewer and to show like hey this isn't what you thought it was right and this is much more this- playing with colors like that 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 was one thing that I wrote down that even though this is a black and white film this is a very it deals with colors in terms of thematic material right. and just the the subject matter and, and how it's how it's approached it's like a lot of different well it does it does what i prefer a movie like this does instead of instead of okay so it was a great example that you bring up memento or shutter island mm-hmm. so these these movies have truths at the end of them right, right? they have absolute truths that they go no nope, here's the answer Here's, right. here's what actually is, is really going on. And this movie does not do that. It leaves it fairly wobbly. Right. It's like, I, which part of that was actually, which part of that was actually real? There are parts that you can pretty easily deduce. Yeah, that's probably was him going mad, but there's plenty of spots where it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I still don't know. Like, and it leaves it to you to just be like, this is madness, man. Yeah. You're going, you're descending with yeah, them. It and- really feels, feels like an experience. Yeah, it does. So the, the uncertainty brought in is, okay, how much of this is alcoholism versus insanity, you right. know, or what's the interplay between that? Right. How much of the events are, actually supernatural versus like hallucinations and madness yeah like that's not dreams clear. like how much of it is a dream yeah and how much of it is is winslow going mad versus wake fucking with him right like yeah. and, and it's all and you're never like and, all that stuff you're never given never given a the real concrete answer. answer and like the whole time is it seems as though Wake is a puppeteer and is and is trying to drive this this boy mad. But he's pretty crazy. Yeah, I like, mean it comes down to it's an unreliable narrator. It's yeah. it's very much like American Psycho is yeah. that you don't it's never tipped off whether it's right. real or not. <laughs> so so the stuff that happens where Wake says something that completely contradicts what you just saw. Right. You just saw it with your eyes. And he's yeah. saying like, so f- for example, there's a great scene, very, uh, the shining esque, uh, you know, actually this movie, I, I, I didn't write it down, but this movie is a lot like the shining. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The, the actual like book storyline of it. Cause the shining is all about alcoholism. Yeah. Like the actual source material. And that's not as clear in the Kubrick movie to me sure. uh, upon first viewing, but it's really about isolation and alcoholism. And that's this movie. Yeah, it's absolutely. And, uh, so it has this great scene where we see Pattinson chasing after Defoe. No, we see Defoe chasing after Pattinson with an axe, like a yeah. literal, Axe murderer in chase and they get back to the interior of the lighthouse and they're talking about it. And then wake uh, Defoe tells Pattinson is like, you're going crazy. You just chased me down with an ax. Yeah. And you're like, well, wait, the what the fuck? So, (laughs) so you're left to question, 
did what I see, is that not what actually happened? Was that in Winslow's head? Or is Wake fucking with Winslow by telling him something opposite happened, and since he's drunk, he can't tell the difference? There's an added element of th- of the audience being fucked with, because you're, you're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. It's very disorienting. Yeah, it's disorienting in your head in just just messing with your head cuz yeah. you, you go wait what that's not wait what right and then <laughs> it's such an unreliable narrator because they're both pretty drunk i mean wake is less drunk or uh, yeah or towards a the more... second third of the movie like so it's it's like uh if it's through the eyes of winslow it's not reliable but also, if it's through the eyes of Wake, it's not reliable either. Like, right. you don't know. Wake is lying. Winslow is maybe going crazy. Yeah. Or maybe it's, maybe he's not lying. Or maybe, maybe he's not lying. Maybe yeah. Winslow is just misinterpreting it, or it's through his crazy hallucination or something. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of uncertainty in this one. Um, we went and saw this with Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin wasn't able to make it to. The recording today. I don't know if he'll ever be able to make it. I hope he does. Does the audience know who Kevin is? No, we've talked about Kevin once or twice before. Kevin is a longtime friend of mine since first grade. Yeah. Um, and he's, we nerd out about film all the time, but he sent me a couple of emails following up with last night and I wanted to read some of his comments. Um, first of all, he says, let me see. I'll hold that one for later. Um, he says, uh, by the way, Thomas Wake is such a fucking fantastic name for an old salty lighthouse keeper, which is true. Yeah, that's he, great. Kevin really nerds out at names. And if you ever want to come up with a name for a character in a movie, Kevin like is great at coming up with ridiculous names. Okay. Um, just FYI. And he says, and again, Robert Pattinson, I don't know if you're planning on talking about this on the podcast, but I would personally dedicate a whole segment in it. The guy was so stiff in the Twilight films that he resembled Frankenstein's monster trying to portray Dracula and has been reeling off one amazing performance after another as of late. I never saw it coming. Yeah, he's really impressive in this movie. Yeah, it's hard. Okay, so, like, this is such a weird thing. Like it's so snobby to to look at an actor and okay so my my reaction is there can be good good actors in in um what's it called twilight, twilight. yeah but and there are there but, are good actors but also i don't i like i particularly don't like kristen stewart uh-huh. i think she's bad and so i just now there's this thing that my mind does where it's like oh you're associated with kristen stewart sorry and uh and and twilight is hit with like a triple dose of that right because uh-huh. it's also twilight uh-huh. and there's Kristen stewart and you play it super stiff and your heart throb like it's just too much it's yeah. too much for you to be good in my eyes and then you come out and you do like an amazing job and i'm like you've overcome my bar right. and surpassed it so much so that now I have to stand back and go, boy, I'm kind of a dick. Yeah. And also it, it turns it into, okay, well, now I got to see what else he's in. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The the transition of teenage heartthrobs 
especially the male version of it, that they it's hard for them to overcome that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's harder for, for women to <laughs> overcome that. But really, if you think about like um, Zach Efron or yeah. Robert Pattinson, they are both actually really great actors. Yeah. Like I- they're, they're able to give really great performances, but they have to overcome a lot of that. Like, woo! And and do I get to see his abs? And for good reason, too. Zac Efron is a fucking looker of a person. Like I would, I would fuck Zac Efron. He is stunning to look at. Like it's, and I mean, there's no way if if I were to cast Zac Efron in a in a 17th century period piece, I'd have him take his shirt off at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Probably his pants too, because. Jesus and, Christ. And on that on that note, like even Robert uh, Pattinson too. Robert Pattinson or um uh McConaughey. Like he's he's so Oh yeah. He's so right. like colored by his abs. Yeah. And not wearing a shirt that you don't realize that he is a fantastic actor. Yeah. So, all all of them stunt like and Pattinson in this, like, thank God they had him take off his shirt because at some point, he took off his shirt, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that man is chiseled. Oh, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> apparently, they're going to show a lot more of Robert Pattinson. Dick I, Root? I heard that there was a shot in the film that was cut, um, was demanded to be cut by the film studio, I think, where Robert Eggers wanted to have a shot of the lighthouse, um emulating an erect penis and then <laughs> flash cut to an actual erect penis. Oh. Um owned by Stunt Robert Dick. Robert Pattinson's character. So I don't I don't know if we'd out we Bring out the stunt cock <laughs> I mean that's that's a real tragedy if if it was actually Robert Pattinson's cock that we could that we aren't allowed to see or if it was well, a stunt that cock. Just you know? means you gotta wait for the Blu-ray. <laughs> Um, hey, you know, blue ball ray. I would really like to talk about the smell uh, <laughs> in this movie, particularly so, yeah, the, the, starting one with of the, the farts. One of the main elements of this movie is the farts. <laughs> this is great. Um, and yeah, Willem Dafoe. Basically, our introduction to him as a character is is him piss, 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 piss. <laughs> Big Just honk, really big honk and rips, <laughs> and it's it's pervasive, and it works every time. I laugh probably every time <laughs> every when he time. farts because it is just an old man type. I don't give a fuck farting. Yeah, and you just see Pattinson's reaction to it, and you know I really felt I felt very akin yeah. to to that man because <laughs> oh, shut up. it's basically like. What I experience every day in a podcast you know, recording. Yeah, realizing you're stuck with a farter is a hard thing to come to terms with. <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy just does. Dude, my wife, my poor wife, like last night, oh man, and the night before even, like, like you take a walk out of out of our bedroom in the morning, you know, for five minutes, and then you come back in, and it's like, oh my god, I'm no oh. longer acclimated. Oh, oh, it smells so bad. She's like, you were just hotboxing me all night. I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I had some beers at the movie. It made me gassy. Oh man, 
Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, that was, it was gross. But, but this dude stuck with a farter for seven months or no, maybe a month. I think the original, the original stay for their watch was four weeks, it mm. says. And then they missed, yeah, that was what I, they missed the boat. Yeah. And then it's, or the boat doesn't come because of a storm. We don't know. It's undefined on how long this actually takes place, but they go through all of their supplies. Yeah. And they have to unbury, the the uh, emergency emergency store rations, which is just alcohol, yeah. apparently. <laughs> like, eh, we don't need like any pickled eggs or anything. Let's just let's just give them vodka, right. like a giant box of vodka. Well, I mean, it it is it's it's truly is the most important part because when you don't have potable water, you 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 need calories and you need you need to be able to to drink. And so right. that that this is a real this is why sailors were drunk all the time is because they did they could not store enough potable water mm-hmm. and and so and they like to drink yeah. so it worked out very well because one has calories yeah so um yeah there's so much to talk about in this movie we, we can't we can't ye, ye beauty <laughs> like what so this movie like okay so they get to the lighthouse and i and <clears throat> And quickly, it's, it's the the hierarchy is established. Defoe is like, "Hey, you're the bitch. Go do the bitch things. I'm gonna take the cool. I'm I'm. He's like, I'm cool man hot shit over here, and I'm gonna do the cool man hot shit stuff, which is I'm gonna sit in the lighthouse at night and look at the the lighthouse. Yeah, inside the with the with the light, and uh, and but then it, it almost immediately it's like, whoa, this is fucking weird. Because his first shift, he's he gets drunk off his ass and he goes and sits up with the lighthouse, like in the lighthouse naked. And I mean, haggard, ha- like just blitzed out of his mind. One eye is almost closed and he's sitting there just like cheersing with the lighthouse as yeah. though it is a person that he is in love with very much. Right. And he's like, to ye, ye beauty. And, uh, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Cause he's like touching himself kind of. Yeah. Robert Pattinson's character climbs up the lighthouse to kind of see what's going on. And some cum comes down. <laughs> like some cum drops past him. He's like, whoa, yeah, watch out for the cum. Well, there's the first one. It just looks like the first time you see Defoe up there, um, he is naked and he is really drunk and there's something going on between him and the light. <laughs> But you don't know. And then later, I think before, yes, before um, the madness really starts, or before like the out, before uh, before Winslow starts drinking, starts drinking. Yeah, he goes up there, and there's like you can spot like a tentacle in the corner yeah, or something. Some, Something's weird. someone's fucking definitely some, some fast moving tentacles. And there's like cum or tentacle juice dripping down, and you're just like, what is? going on so and again this is before he starts drinking so is it in his mind and this is really happening this is is what i love the most this is my favorite move that a movie can do it's not like you don't ever get to know right it's just what the fuck was that i love it yeah so the the main point is is winslow doesn't drink he he wants to live by the books and he's like citing um the lighthouse keepers manual and and Wake is trying to get him to, you know, be a little looser and be more, you know, fun and talk. 
to him. Yeah. Like, I'm stuck here for a long time with you. Can you please hold up your end of this social bargain? Yeah. And it's not until they miss the boat. It's the, the last day, um, their last night, Pattinson finally breaks down and takes a drink and they get roaring drunk immediately. Like yeah. they are just completely blasted. And then the next morning when they go out and wait for the boat, the boat never comes. Yeah. So from then on though, like Winslow does not go back to sober living. He is 100% into the paint with drinking. Yeah. And there's some, there's some, um, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Some symbolic imagery and some symbolic shit going on in this movie as well with seagulls. Yeah. And bird, or seabirds. Yeah, that's don't a, that's a, kill a seabird. Yeah, I guess before that point, kind of the the main turning point of the movie. It's a bold fucking seagull that they have. They have these seagulls, and one one eyed seagull in particular, kind of is really annoying and mocking Pattinson's character. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Wake, a Defoe's character, makes it a big point to don't fuck with seagulls. He says it's bad luck to kill a seabird yeah. because they're, it's even says in the trailer, they're, they house the souls of sailors past. Yeah. And then of course what happens? Is, he murders the fuck out of a seagull. He kills that thing shitless. Yeah. He really just grabs that yeah. seagull and rams it into the side of a rock like over and over and over and over again. Dude, he, and that's when the turning point is. That's yeah. when the wind changes and when they miss the boat. And then all of a sudden it's like a real deep dive into madness. Yeah. And that's when a lot of the kind of supernatural or horror elements kind of start coming in. Winslow spots a mermaid. Yeah, kind of kind of goes full Jumanji after that. It's like uh <laughs> it's like just the the place starts coming down around them uh-huh. because this storm just won't let up. Right. There's some fucking there's some animals coming out of the sea looking to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like it's weird. Yeah, you get a real good I mean, we don't get to see Pattinson's dick, but you get a real good shot of some mermaid puss. Yeah, a fla- it's like a screen flash of like the most vaginal thing I can think of, which I, it was yeah. just a flash. It wasn't like a long shot of a vagina. No, I mean, I can see it right now, but yeah, I can too. So they, they talked about in the, <laughs> how they came up with that. They, they based it on uh shark vaginas. Apparently they tried to make a real, real vaginal oh. to, to add that element of. Yeah. It was, mermaids. it was a, to the to, point of a flower, you know, it was like, yeah. Ooh, bleh. yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound, right? <laughs> that's the sound. Ooh, bleh. So they apparently historically mermaids had split tails, like on the Starbucks cup, you know, cause <laughs> part of the big part of the reason for the mythology around mermaids is that you got horny semen and they want to fuck something so like it'd be easier if there was you know something something up there yeah and then of course in the victorian era they put the tail back together where there's no (laughs) vagina so you're like well why am i attracted to this what well i mean i guess you know they got hands and a mouth dolphins do stuff (laughs) um you know uh the horniness is a big part of this movie oh yeah a big big part. part yeah and it's 
it's almost an allegory of like situational homosexuality. Yes. Yeah. There's a huge element of like, just all of a sudden you're like, are they gonna fuck? Is that what's gonna happen? <laughs> is it about to get like, butt, is, butt stinky in here? Yeah. And, uh, like I, I said it as a joke, but really there is an element of will they, won't they in this movie? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely there is. And it's understandable too. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, okay. So, uh, a buddy of mine, one of our, one of our Patreon members, Adrian was telling, I was, I, he, he, I was talking to him this week and he said, um, you know, what are you reviewing? I said, the lighthouse. And he said, oh, you know, so he just, he just, uh, hiked a, a trail, um, called the West Coast Trail and it's in uh, Victoria Island, um, in, in British Columbia there. And lots of lighthouses along the way. And, uh, and lighthouses are still a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's, they're not gone. There's, there are still people who inhabit them as well. And which is kind of crazy because everything's got GPS now. Like, why would you need a light to show you where the shore is? Well, because, because not everything is a giant commercial vessel and, yeah. and, um, and, uh, there is a service that the government needs to provide to, to make sure that people are safe. And part of that is Coast Guard and the other part is lighthouses. And, and so these people who inhabit, he was telling me these people who inhabit these lighthouses, you know, they go, they go out there for seven month shifts, seven month shifts where they're alone. Yeah. For seven months. They get, they get rat, you know, they get rations brought to them and books and stuff, but they're essentially alone in a lighthouse in the middle of the ocean for, a long time. And, uh, and I think I would like doing something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, if I didn't have a family, well, that'd be pretty nice. Or maybe because, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, how, how much would you say you masturbate in those seven months? Oh. Seven months worth of masturbation straight? Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would be. And if there was another person there, well, who knows? I mean, num- I mean, the rations would have to be all right. So we need, you know, you know, three squares a day. We need probably like enough books to read one a day, and then you'd also need to like ship in an entire industrial barrel of lube. Yeah, and lotion and lotion. Just, I mean, that salty sea air is not kind to your skin. No. Yeah. You're going to get real chapped hands, and that's not going to be nice. You're going to come out of there looking like a 75-year-old man, and your dick's going to look like it's 14. Yeah, you'd... (laughs) 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 Man, if you had like a... One of those, uh, what do you call them? Oh, fleshlight? Like the, yeah, fleshlight, like a pussy sleeve. That thing would just be. <laughs> pussy m- sleeve! <laughs> that, would, that would be just like so melted by the time you're halfway through your stint. I need another pussy it just, sleeve. It would just be ragged. <laughs> Give me one of them butt sleeves. I'll tell you what, they need to make one of those yeah. mermaid pussy sleeves and then. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a drop. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> All right. And then, um, yeah, slow descent to madness. And then, uh, you know, at this point, there's not really a lot to talk about 
in terms of what happens, but the major spoiler is doesn't end up well. They both die. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to touch briefly on my favorite scenes. Like I think the best scenes in the movie, if we haven't talked about them already, um, there's a great scene where Winslow criticizes Wake's lobster. Like it's the breaking point. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, old man. And your cooking sucks. And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. and then <laughs> Wake, uh, Defoe's character goes on this impressively long and elaborate ranting tirade. You know, just it felt like a Shakespearean. Like, his feelings are hurt. His feelings are hurt, and he's like, you don't calling like, upon the powers of Poseidon, and and you don't curse, like me, lobster, cursing him, and and like calling down the the uh, supernatural elements of the sea to destroy Winslow for not liking his lobster. And then at the end, uh, Winslow's like, I like your lobster. All I right, I like your lobster. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic scene. Yeah. I wish I could pull that for for this episode, but that's that's worth the price of admission there. Um, the other main important scene is Ephraim. Oh yeah, this important scene that David stepped out to pee. Yeah, great. Uh, I I turned to Kevin. Kevin has a notoriously small bladder. Mm-hmm. Like he is really like peeing all the time. And I turned to him and said, I, f- I finally found someone that has a smaller bladder than you. That's not fair, even remotely. I had a beer before I got there, uh-huh. 22 ounces. Uh-huh. And then I had 44 ounces uh-huh. before I before I went pee in the theater. Uh-huh. That's 66 ounces. I mean... It's not that I you aren't it. drinking anything. It's yes. not that I have a small bladder. It's that I drink and you don't. Yeah, but I feel like if you pee right before a movie, you can still hold it for two hours, can't 66 ounces. Yeah, but it's not all leaking down there, though. I'll tell you what. Let's have a contest. You and me. Okay. We'll go toe-to-toe, water right. for water. And, all right. And, uh, Let's and we'll, do it. We'll, we'll see Let's who, do it. who lasts. All right. Anyways, David stepped out at least three times from the theater. No. I stepped out two times. All right. Well, you thinking about no? It actually, times. I didn't. I didn't. I only stepped out the one time. The first time, I got up, walked over to the side, and stood there and watched the movie. And then I was like, I can't leave. And I sat back down. I never. I never left the movie theater more than the one time when oh, okay. when Ephraim admitted. Well, to he it. missed the most important scene. Yeah, I did. <laughs> in terms of the drama. So Ephraim admits to murder um, back when he was a logger. He uh, murdered a coworker that annoyed him, and well, basically the coworker fell, and he did nothing to save him. And then he took on his name, so his name isn't actually Ephraim Winslow, but it's also Thomas Thomas something. I can't remember. Yeah, and uh, and that's followed by one of the best lines that's repeated over and over again: "Why'd you spill your beans? Why'd you spill your beans? Why'd you tell me?" <laughs> And uh, another great scene is is after Wake is, well, actually, as Wake is murdered, he's being buried. So he, they fight, and Wake is basically, like, tattered. And uh, he's let out 
like a dog. See, this is weird where it's like, is this really happening? Yeah, it was so surreal and weird. And so Defoe's character is put in this pit and Pattinson is burying him. And he's like, Wake is talking to him and yeah. like having a monologue as he's getting buried. It's really striking and a really cool scene. Yeah. Um, that one will stick with me. Um, one of the most, this is like the scariest part of the film for me, just from the visuals was really kind of frightening was when Winslow actually makes it up into the lighthouse and he looks into the light. I don't know if you thought this was as cool as I did, but I did. It got super, super overexposed and he was screaming and it just looked like, I mean, it was, could make really good creepy pasta. Oh yeah. Just the image of. Yeah kind of burnt out black and the super like uh the sound did it for me yeah. on that was it was it was like this again like the sound was overexposed it yeah. was it was like shrieking super super distorted and it was um what do you call it it's not just overexposed it's like um I'm trying to think of what that setting would be the contrast, like super, super contrasty yeah. is, is what it is um, in black and white. So it looks really crazy. Yeah. And then Winslow um, jumps out or falls out of the lighthouse, I guess, onto the rocks. And the final like image of the film is Winslow on the rocks with his guts being eaten out by, by uh, seagulls. Yeah. Which is very... Um, much a callback to the myth of Prometheus. <clears throat> so Prometheus is a great god that gave <sighs> gave fire to man. Gave fire to man um, against the gods' wishes, and then his punishment was he was lashed to a rock, and his his innards were eaten by an eagle every day. Yes, that's right. And he is immortal. He was supposed to push the rock up a hill every day. No, that's Sisyphus. Like that. Sisyphus. Okay. No, he was. He's just chained to the side of a mountain, basically, and an eagle came and ate his guts. Neat. Every day. But he'd never die, so it's not a good ending. Um, so, yeah, that's the other... Oh, this is the other thing that Kevin said that I wanted to read thematically. He said another thing, because we talked about generational stuff on the car ride home, yeah. like millennials versus boomers and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And he said... Kevin said, actually, another thing I was going to mention, uh, but we moved away from it in the conversation, forgot, was when we got to the whole generation thing, the movie The Lighthouse, I thought, kind of played on that theme with Wake and the older keeper, uh, with Wake as the older keeper of the light and Winslow, the younger yeah. one wanting to wrestle control away from Wake. That's a good point. And get the light for himself. And all the stuff with Winslow finding Wake's log with all the criticisms, reminding him of the generational lampooning that goes on. Yeah. And then there's the obviously a, a lot of sea god mythology and stuff. Um, it'd be interesting, something interesting to read into about what the characters were meant to represent. Uh, but yeah, the stuff around the guardian and the younger seeker. So <clears throat> just the whole idea of the power interplay between the older and younger and, and, uh, 
yeah, that was kind of a there there might be some meta commentary in in this movie around yeah generations and how they view themselves and yeah and all that. you guys should uh if you're not a a patreon member you guys should subscribe um for the afterpod which is another podcast that we run for the patreon members and today i will be talking about <clears throat> a little bit about generation x and the author brett easton ellis yeah and his book less than zero and uh kind of generation x the the forgotten gen so so uh do that because it's going to be interesting because it's a it's a fucking disturbing book a super disturbing book so if you guys want access to a whole nother podcast that we do um check out our patreon i think it's the five dollar tier gets you access mm -hmm. to that so yeah so check it out so this this was a really great movie um Again, not like on my top 10 or anything, but super interesting. It's something that I'm going to think about for a long time. Um, who would you recommend to see this movie or, or would you recommend people go see this? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I would. Um, I, look, if you appreciate, if you appreciate the craft, um, or a well, like a, a clearly well honed craft towards filmmaking, this is, this is just, yeah, you, you just can't can't do much better than this. It would be criminal if this did not hit the award circuit. Given the given the award circuit's love of this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, I would be very surprised if it didn't yeah. win a lot of awards. But uh, but they, they yeah, prove me be, wrong year after year. So yeah, I mean, I I'm so popular show. I'm pretty me. pretty over the Academy Awards, yeah, but too. all awards are kind of silly. This will be a weird thing that. Both of them are lead actors, so I wonder. It'll be weird if one of them gets um, supporting actor and one of them gets lead actor. Yeah, because they're both like it's so even. Yeah. Um, but I guess you could say Defoe's character is technically a supporting actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Defoe yeah, already had got his. He got best best actor last year. Yeah. So I mean, they're they deserve awards if you care about that. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd also say this isn't a movie for everyone, but it's, if you go see it, you will definitely ha not have seen anything like it before. Um, yeah. Just as the, the finished product of the, the visual style, the sound, the thematic material and, and the, the script writing and the acting is just, just a really unique product yeah and and all the commentary behind it it's all very interesting it's it's yeah. it's r reminds me of the house that jack built or suspiria in in terms of just in terms of care and craft yeah and intent all right let's move on to taglines Taglines. Taglines is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we reviewed um, that we think might fit better or whatnot. How many do you have? I've got three or four. I've only got two. Okay. 
So you go first. I could probably do without one of them. Um, what one do I have? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy with both of mine. Though. Okay. So, The Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> the li- <laughs> That was really wet. Yeah. Well, that was the wet part. Here's the long one. Okay. The lighthouse. Oh, wait. The lighthouse. Uh, Oh, come on. That one's kind of lame. I mean, this just must be a guy blowing out his arm. That doesn't sound like farts. That first one, though, is pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty wet. Definitely shit his pants. 100%. Okay. The lighthouse. Oh, just kiss already. <laughs> they, there was one point where they almost did, too. Yeah. And then they were like, hey, whoa. Yeah. Hey, you fucking guy. You trying to fucking fuck me, guy? And I'm like, maybe. The lighthouse. 50. Sorry, fuck. The lighthouse. 50 shades of beard. <laughs> that was good. All right. That's good. The lighthouse. We're all just one seagull away from a very bad day. <laughs> I, there have been moments where I've been like, can I kill that fucking bird? Of course, they're my birds. Yeah. So. Uh. The lighthouse. Lighthouse. More like fight house. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> this was the best taglines ever, I think. Uh-huh. Okay, one last one that doesn't quite fit, but I still liked it. Lighthouse, more like fight house. The lighthouse. Sir, I'm afraid you've gone mad with power. Of course I have. Have you ever tried going mad without power? It's boring. No one listens to you. <laughs> What's that from? That's from the Simpsons movie. Oh, okay. Um, Boo. Boo, you didn't like the Simpsons movie? Oh, I thought it was pretty good. Oh, spider pig, you got your mind. What? I've lost so much respect. So much. Oh, you're one of those guys. They're like, "Mm." oh, one of those guys with taste? Yeah, I am one of those guys. So let's move on to our pumpkin carving contest, question mark? Yeah, so uh, let's do a... So Here, let's make a song for the pumpkin carving contest. Come on, get in on this pumpkin carving contest. Yeah, announcing the winners of our pumpkin carving contest. That's the extent to which I'm willing to. I, I, you got to commit, David. You can't. All right. So if you didn't know, and some of you might not have known. We had a pumpkin carving contest, and we're giving away to the winner a set of Hocus Pocus Funko Pop dolls. Yeah, all three of the ladies from Hocus Pocus re- recreated for your viewing pleasure as Funko Pop dolls, little bobblehead dolls. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the first prize. Yeah. Second prize is we're uh, gifting the 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 track... Or the music of Focus. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah. Which, if you've never heard it, I mean, just go to YouTube right now and look that up. It's delightful. Um, Third prize, you get nothing. Yeah, you don't get anything. So we've got 
Um, we've been talking about it for oh, about a month. No, probably not quite a month. Not quite a month. A uh, couple, couple a weeks. Couple weeks. Tweeted about it. We've gotten a tweet that was retweeted a lot. Yeah, how did you do that? That's pretty good. Um, I don't know. It was just a. Uh, just caught on fire, huh? Just caught on fire. Um, we've had actually more popular tweets than that one. Like, I, it's oh, impressive yeah. how how shit can really take off pretty easily on Twitter. Yeah, it was our first experiment with a contest, and I don't know what we're doing wrong or like what the what the uh, the think, best practices I think for more, really promoting. I think more time, really. Yeah, I think we should have we should have had at least one or two more weeks on there. Yeah. I mean, considering you know we we have really only been talking about it for two or three weeks yeah 10 10 entries is pretty good yeah. yeah so we got nine entries nine entries and we can we can look at them all now and kind of comment it we can tell you what they what they are and then we'll decide on air and of the course winner. and of course if you want to check out the entries they will be available on our facebook and twitter and also i'll, I'll put all the pictures on the post for this episode as well can we put them on instagram too uh maybe i don't know, I don't know. that'd be cool because our Instagram is pretty dead. And, yeah. Mm, just saying. So let's open so let's, let's this take a, up. Let's take a look at some of these pumpkins. Pumpkins. Okay, well, so <laughs> let's, we'll, let's, let's leave Biggin for the okay. for, for the end. My buddy Biggin. Um, okay, uh, we got an entry from Stephen R. Okay, let's take a look at Stephen's pumpkin here. Okay. And this, one, this one's pretty good. This is, as far as a straight-ahead jack-o'-lantern, Pretty menacing grin, uh, spiky teeth, um, spooky eyes. Yeah, the Those eyes. Are... The eyes do a thing on this one where it's like kind of double. It's I can't tell if it's the way the. It's not the way the picture's taken. It's intentional that it's like super transposed thing. See how there's like two eye flutters at the tips of the. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's carved, and then he's got like kind of eyebrows carved into it. Yeah, where he's he's thinned it out. It's pretty cool looking. So that that is a really good entry as far as like a straight ahead jack o' lantern. I think that's like a front runner. Yeah, uh, for the jack o' lantern types, we've got Xavier D, which is a pretty awesome name, or Xavier if you're French. <laughs> sure. Um, or X X Xavier. We've, if you're from the south, we've sufficiently destroyed your name. <laughs> this one's another jack o' lantern, uh, also very spooky. Yeah, I'd say on par with Stevens. Yeah, on uh, par with Stevens. Like it's, uh, but he chose to light it with an LED light. Did you just fart? No. What was that fart sound that you made? It was probably just from my throat. Yeah, I like I like Xavier's. It's uh, it's a meat and potatoes uh, jack o' lantern. Like yeah. pretty pretty strong on the needle teeth. And uh, another one from Magnus. Oh, We've talked about Magnus before. He's, he's my a boy. Delight. See, now, Magnus kind of went above and beyond here with the background. Like, yeah. He chose to set That's this true. Among, he's an artist. among the autumn leaves. So, yeah, he's got another jack-o'-lantern. He's kind of got a stitched mouth, uh, crazy um, kind of uh, nightmare before Christmas yeah. eyes on it. Yeah. It kind of it's kind of Jack um Jack O Lantern or whatever his yeah. name is from This is this is really good. Um 
The, I'm, I'm all the be, way, all I, the way from Sweden yeah. too. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of glad that Magnus isn't the best one because yeah, I didn't too. really want to mail it to Sweden. <laughs> Woo! That would have been a spicy meatball. You know what I would have done is I would have just transferred funds for him to buy his own Funko Pop. I'm like, nah, that's true. Sorry, we can't. We uh, cannot send. Magnus is great. He's a super fan. He just threw a Halloween party and printed out a bunch of horror movie tops. Yes, I'm logos. glad. I'm glad you brought this up. If you guys want to see pictures of Magnus's, um. Of Magnus's uh, uh, Halloween party that he threw all the way over across the pond in Sweden. He threw a Halloween party at a at like a bar or a club that's like it looks like it's it looks like it's underground, like in like, you know, Europe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it was attended by like 80 some odd people. Yeah. And it was a badass like themed zombie outbreak party yeah it was really cool yeah it was bad so that's so pictures for that are on our last post so that would be zombie land fittingly zombie land double tap so check out his uh his party on zombie land double tap yeah he's a he's a cool dude i I, we haven't we haven't checked if we had a spike in swedish listeners on we have it's not it's not tremendous but i mean i mean i'm sure it's magnus driven yeah thank you so much to listeners that recommend the podcast to friends especially like this is a great time to do it if you're if you're a little like shy about your fanaticism about horror movies or yeah. you don't want to be that guy um you know people are watching horror movies around now this is going to be released on the 30th so i mean you can share yeah there's a context with your friend yeah there's context oh now we're getting into one of the one of the oh we're not okay we're... i'm let's skip over let's go into the we'll, we'll save the top three and bottom one last. Let's, <laughs> let's check out caitlin a's caitlin a um, Caitlin A and Garrett send in, um, their jack-o'-lanterns. Again, this is like a very straight-ahead jack-o'-lanterns, both of these. Yes, but they both have a little bit of attention to detail in, in the 3D space. Like, they, yeah, they think about the curvature of the pumpkin and, uh, kind of factor that into the whole thing, which I appreciate. Yeah, and I like Caitlin's has, like, the mini pumpkin inside the maw of her jack-o'-lantern, which, oh, is, a, which is a nice I touch. couldn't, I couldn't see that. I, I, that's pretty good. I like whenever they involved, like, um, extra, like, little pumpkins or stuff coming out of the, the mouth. So they're a married couple. Is that other one next to hers? Is that Garrett's? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so... Um, oh, it's not a pumpkin. It's, it's an a, orange. It's a little orange with a sad face. Okay, so and then Garrett's is similar, similar uh, standard. Um, um, what do you call it? Uh, Jack o' lantern style. Yeah. Um, you know, it's menacing. It's. I, I think I like Caitlin's more. Sorry, yeah. Garrett. I, yeah. I, if I'm assuming the the one with the the orange is Caitlin's. Okay, so now we're getting into our top three. Okay. These these are the actual contenders. Like, no offense to the ones that we've talked about. They're they are great. Um, none none of them are embarrassing that we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> My, I can't wait until we talk about Biggins Pumpkin. Just FYI, like David has assured me that Biggins is is game to be. Yeah. Like made light of or like <laughs> you'll never find a more amiable, kind, like just jovial person than than Brad, which I'm very glad because we're just going to rip you apart with this <laughs> pumpkin that you submit, <laughs> Brad. Uh, but let's get into the top. Three. So the top three. OK, uh, Tina D submitted a great pumpkin. So it's got the word creepy on it and it's dripping. It's very like our um our logo almost. I actually know. I think I know the font. 
that she's using. I think that's a Google fund. This is, I, I might be wrong. This, but. this, okay. So Tina's is such an expert skill level on carving. I can't, the, yeah, this is not like, um, there's some, some pumpkin carvings that are like, they do kind of the shading effect by carving progressively deeper into it. This is a straight ahead all the way through the pumpkin, but it's super skilled in that because it's the lining is the, the like the, she's got the slightest little slivers of lines between the, 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 the letters creepy. It's, yeah. I cannot believe how, how finely detailed this thing is for, yeah, a car, for a straight carving. And then it's got an eye above the word creepy with a little that, that plays with like the negative space. The pupil is like a little bad guy and he's got a little hand and yeah. that's part of the, part yeah. of the eyelashes. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, the, the font on it is amazing. The drip effect is really cool. I mean, mm. this is, this is a, a, definitely a front runner. Um, then we have, Jared, Jared, um, it's got, uh, let's say Jared B. Okay. Um, okay. This one, I mean, yeah, this is to me, it's, it's on another level. This is pretty impressive. So he's got this. It's almost unfair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, He's got like the this hex is it, are those hexagons? I'm not big on geometry. One, two, three, four, five, six, six sided uh, th- thingies. What would that be? I don't know. It's not a. Those are what bees make, right? Is sure. Hun- honeycomb. What would be a so hex is five? Okay, so sept or no? No, sept, sept is seven. Yeah. We're really again. We talk about we're, horror movies. We're re- well so. researched on this on this podcast. Anyways, it's got this geometric pattern, and then the center, it's like... And oh, this is one of those pumpkins that, that d- uses the depth of the pumpkin to let the light shine through. He never... There's a few spots where it's just a- accented and actually carved all the way through, but most of most of this pumpkin is just is just surface carving. Yeah. In the center is an eye super detailed yeah. eye like very very much like the black christmas eye yeah the crazy eye you see through a people and i i want to point out this is fucking ridiculous he carved it so this looks like it's shaded like he right. took out that yeah. particular shape and it's hovering over it he, yeah can you appreciate how ridiculously real that looks like i mean we went to extensive like we've we okay so to to kind of help you guys understand how impressive this thing first of all you got to go check it out on on the post or on our uh on our social media but uh we were pretty sure like that this was uh that this was stolen from something yeah this feels like it is not if there was a contender for you know highly suspicious entry it would be this one did a reverse image search uh, didn't, didn't come up. Did a I, lot of research. Did, did research around, um, the other info on it, the, the email that submitted it. And the only thing I can find is the, a Reddit user mm-hmm. that submitted this to our art pretty much the same day that he submitted it to us. Yeah. So, so first of all, beautiful pumpkin. Second of all, I mean, it's, uh, just the con, the whole concept is imp- concept to execution, whole thing. Very impressive. Check yeah. it out. Uh, what is our, uh, what's our last entry? 
Um, Besides Brad's. <laughs> so Jessica okay. got in right under the wire. Um, another patron that we love. Early patron. I yeah. think she was... She's one of the first. Yeah, she's the, first month she's of the, the starter of the 666 tier. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she submitted another great entry. This is another like 3D one where it's it's really like a sculpture. It's a sculpture. Carving. Yeah. This is... I, I, I am so envious of artistic people and like being able to... Being able to see something and within something normal, something cool within something normal, and then like flesh it out. Like this is, it's like a, it's like a, she turned a pumpkin into a goblin face. Yeah. And, uh, it's got a nose and, and, uh, crazy, crazy, like facial features, like wrinkles and, and yeah, it's pupils and shit. Yeah. It's great. And got, got 3d teeth and stuff. I mean, it's really impressive. So, I mean, the front runners are the, these last three, we got Jessica, we got, uh, Jared and Tina, like it's. I'm it's gonna say, close. Bryce. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna say. I think we're both thinking. Um. Okay. Here's what I'm gonna say. Can we do a split on second place? Because yeah. Because I can't. They're both. They're both impressive and they both deserve hocus pocus by focus. This is what I'm saying. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Let's let's be honest. I can't. They're they're impressive in their own right. For, for or maybe we reasons. can maybe we can split hocus pocus by focus between them. <laughs> so half and half the half stuff. of the year, half of the year Jessica can have hocus pocus no, by focus. Don't be silly. And then silly. the other half of the year don't. Tina can have hocus pocus by focus. Don't we'll, be silly, Bryce. We'll contact That's the radio. We'll That's... contact the the uh, recording licensor and we'll just work out the logistics of splitting that's absurd that's silly what you do is instead you just take the song put it into an audio editor and cut it in half one gets the first part and the other gets the second half okay okay that makes sense right 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 so i'm gonna say a two-way tie between um between jessica Jessica and tina and tina and that and means first place goes to Jared. Jared B. Just ridiculously good. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, Jared. I mean, I'm still gonna have to email this guy and be like, "Can we get are some? You legit? Can we get some applause? Yeah. for uh, for all of our entries except for Brad's. Let's get a round of applause from our studio yeah. audience. Yeah, thank you, studio. Audience. You know, you guys are really usually very, very kind and and well behaved, respectful. That you know, you know, this is a but controlled it's, recording. It's time to let it out. This is this time to let it out. Let us hear your appreciation for Jared. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's 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 good. Thank and you. indeed, for all of our entries. Thank you, everyone who participated in this. We sure do appreciate it. Oh, okay. Now, man, you give a mouse a cookie and they just I know. They, they just, just go off with it. I mean, okay. All oh, right. God damn it. All right. Please. Can we keep it down? Can we? All right. We got a, we got the rest of the podcast. Can here. we mute the house mics, please? All right. We'll mute Thank the ca- house mics. All right. So, so congratulations, uh, Jared and Tina and Jessica. I still hear them in the background. I know they're, they're just, just fucking. Bleeding, they're animals, bleeding man. through. Well, that's what you get when you have a rabid fan base. Um, now let's talk about Brad's. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like five minutes trying to figure out what the fuck this was before I, I gave up and looked at the description. <laughs> okay. 
go. He like so. There's two pumpkins in this picture, and he and, and like, he points out. He's like, guys, mine is the shitty. One. <laughs> he doesn't say shitty. Mine is the one on the left. I was like, what is that? A pig cyclops? So it's like, all right. So it's got it's <sighs> like a circle, and then it's got like globules. My circle in it, is normal, and then it has. It looks like a snout. It looks like a pig snout. And so I'm like, is that like a Angry Birds pig? Yeah. Or like a very particular type of Angry Birds pig? Because it's got this circle <laughs> on the top that looks kind of like an eye, but it's, <laughs> it's just... the negative space, but it's hanging down yeah. by a thing. It's clear that he had high aspirations <laughs> and zero Zero skill to execute. Uh huh. And then the sides, there's like the circles too, but they could be arms. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It was. <laughs> it's unclear. It so looks he... almost like a like a Tetris game or something like that. Uh, yeah, like a like a R worded <laughs> Tetris game. So here's here's what he said in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll have to do a side-by-side. -side. We'll have to pull a picture of this just so you can see it, you know, one against this, the other. He said, uh, mine is on the left, and then in parentheses, Mario, Mario Mushroom. <laughs> okay. And Kate's my wife is on the right, Jack. Now, now, so he's got... Now, Kate, yours is fine. Yeah. I, I, it is, it is a, in, 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 just a, a normal pumpkin entry, but Brad's is uniquely retarded. <laughs> and, and, and God help you, big guy. I love you to death. But this, man, you should give up on pumpkin. Fire. <laughs> even if you, even if you have kids, they should or, not. Or, you know, just don't be so ambitious. Like, just start practicing, you know, just do some triangle eyes. <laughs> And like just a smile. We're gonna, you know, my dad grows a tremendous amount of pumpkins every. Oh yeah, like just just off the charts. So Brad, you're perfectly welcome to you know come up here to Clark County, grab some uh, grab some pumpkins and just practice away because you need it, buddy. So Brad was the very first entry in yeah. in the pumpkin carving contest, <laughs> and he was the only entry for, for a like a week. <laughs> and then we were sitting here like. Oh God! If it's only Brad Pumpkin, it's just this is just going to be a massacre. <laughs> Brad wins the Hocus Pocus by Focus, or no, and the and the Hocus Pocus uh, girls. Uh, so, anyways, thank you so much for for sharing and entering into the pumpkin carving contest. Um, I owe you beers, buddy, uh, for for breaking you over the for coals, putting you on blast again, pumpkin carving over skills. and over. Uh, He's a good guy. We've been assured that he's he's a good guy. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's not, God help you, because he's the biggest motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. He could probably kick my ass, but um, he can't carve a pumpkin out of, out of a wet paper bag. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. He's like Andre the Giant level huge. <laughs> he was and just so, starting to carve and then punched a hole through it with his fist. Yeah, you know, it's like he's he's holding it between his his uh his index finger and his thumb, and he's got this teeny tiny little knife that's basically like playing with a doll set, and he's just trying his hardest to be intricate, but he can't because he's so big, and his face is so far away from his hands. It's like oh, I can't see. Ugh. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Thanks for entering. Thanks everyone, and um, 
Congratulations, Jessica, Tina, and our first place winner, Jared. Jared, Jared, you'll be getting your uh, bravo, man. We really pop appreciate dolls it. in the mail. Yeah, we really appreciate everybody's entry. So with that, with that, oh, uh, we have that's to, the that, uh, end of our episode. Please again check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. Please, 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 please share the podcast with a friend. It's the only way that we grow. Yeah. We don't advertise, and we've depended on listeners to steadily grow us, which uh, the good news so far. The good news is it's worked so far, and we're kind of reaching an inflection point where we're seeing, like, yes, we're getting a better trajectory on increased downloads. Um, Check out our uh, calls to action on our website. We've got the Amazon Associates button. Uh, If you're planning on buying anything from Amazon the coming week, uh, just click through the button and we'll get a little taste of whatever you spend. And then of course our patron that we've Patreon that we've mentioned special thanks to all our pumpkin carving contest entries and, um, special thanks, especially a special, special, specially to Dustin, our, uh, our, uh, post artist, our resident artist who provides us with beautiful artwork and who does commissions. If you, if you have, uh, you know, if you have art desires, he can, he can fucking get you some art. Yeah. To be, to be honest, we do not deserve Dustin. No. Um, so please support him and, uh, use him on your projects and at D Goble D, uh, G O E B E L zero zero on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and special thanks to all our patrons. And yeah, do check out our, do check out our latest blog by Keith on the, his top 10 favorite zombie types. It is a, as, as you've come to expect from Keith, it is a compendium. So check it out. It's on, uh, it's on our website under the blog section. And with that, that is another episode of Horror Movie Talk ended and we love you. What should we check out next week? Oh, yeah. So the are coming we week, we are doing The Shining, and I think that we can get my wife on the pod Ooh. for that one. She has expressed interest in watching The Shining because she is interested in seeing Dr. Sleep, which cool. will be not next week, but the week after. So check out The Shining. I don't know where that's available right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you might have probably, to drop $3 probably, for it. No, I think I think it might actually be available on Netflix. Yeah, I would be I wouldn't be surprised if it's free somewhere because Doctor Sleep is coming yeah, out. I think it is on Netflix, but um, maybe wrong. So yeah, that'll be exciting to talk about because I actually read um well the listen to the audiobook. My my wife would take issue with me saying I read it. But I listened to the audiobook of both The Shining and Doctor Sleep um the last couple months and uh I'll be able to talk about, you know, maybe a little bit more informed than I normally do. Great. You know? Yeah. But not with good grammar. That's all. Thank you. Bye-bye-bye. Bye.